Hi, this is Madeline, a.k.a. Groisha, founder of Growing With The Seasons. Our new voice, season one, is the foundation of the intergenerational conversation. It's been in my heart to do. We need more mirrors and voices to inspire our choices. For in the reflection of each other, we all grow wiser. I know I have. To learn more or get involved in this and other co-creations and conversations, check out the website, gwtsfamily.com. We offer many ways to help you groom your authentic expression. Here we grow. What were the messages in your family or in the world that kind of helped you see yourself the way you see yourself? Hi, I'm Cynthia. Well, I grew up like dancing from a very young age. So from like a young age, I was always around like pink and tutus and I feel like that definitely guided me into like having a girlier path. It definitely helps lead me to like be around girls more and like have relationships at a young age with girls. Was it competitive? It was for like a couple years but when I was younger it wasn't. I had like a similar experience. I did competition cheer so I was around girls a lot too, but I found myself hanging out with more of a mix of genders in high school and just being generally like less stereotypically girly. Just like Molly said, I did cheer too. So I like grew up with a bunch of girls and I still am like very close with a lot of those people, but I've definitely branched out and like became friends with a lot more boys like recently. I feel like for me, I grew up a lot with my relatives like outside of my immediate family I had a lot of I have a lot more guy cousins than I do girl cousins so I'd find myself spending a lot of time with mainly guys at a younger age but as I grew up I would start doing more things like soccer and when I was really young and there'd be a lot of girls in the team and I would start to like kind of how you guys were saying like you started to become better friends with guys and girls and then I started doing dance too and that's just kind of opened me up to connecting with girls and being able to talk about things and them understanding my feelings and easier than I think guys could. So then do you all, would you say that you all have like pretty safe girlfriends that you can talk to about stuff and... I, I definitely do. Yeah. I just, in my opinion, I feel like in like late middle school, I found myself with like a lot more closer girlfriends, but as I like progressed to high school, I feel like my circle like shrank where I'm still friends with a lot of people, but it's like my relationships aren't as close-knit as they were, but the ones that I am very close with, I feel like they grew stronger when I loosened relationships with other friends. I'm the same. Yeah. And what about the different messages that might have been in the mix for if you were a boy, if you were a girl? Did you ever feel like there were things you could or couldn't do because you were a girl? There's definitely a very like stereotypical picture of like what a girl should be. And I know a lot of people are like, especially in high school, people are like, oh, authenticity is like great and like be you. But as soon as somebody does something that isn't what they would do, they kind of get criticized for it. And that might be like, having a more masculine like style or like playing a sport that's more masculine. So I feel like that definitely has like an effect on it. Or do you feel like there's anything you weren't able to do as a girl? Yeah, when I was little, before I did cheer, I wanted to play football <laughs> and I wasn't allowed to. So that's why I ended up doing cheer because we were at all the football games. But I wasn't allowed to because they're bigger and you tackle each other. So stuff like that. Yeah. I found myself when I was younger, I realized like this is still now like a problem of course, but guys they find it harder to show their emotions and like vulnerability by crying and they think it's embarrassing and like I remember one time like I personally just cry a lot because it's just it feels good when I like when I let it out. But from when I was younger, I remember walking into the kitchen and my brother he was like he's four years older than me, so he was like probably like twelve. And he was really upset because a friend of his did something that just hurt his feelings and he was crying. And like my dad was comforting him. But like as soon as I walked in, my brother, he like wiped his tears and I was like, are you okay? And he was like, yeah, I'm fine. But I just feel like for girls, it's easier to for us to just be open. But guys, I kind of feel bad for them in that sense because they think it's embarrassing when it really shouldn't be.
I can like relate to Molly's like football part because when I played when I was younger, I wasn't allowed to play lacrosse, so I played softball, and I absolutely hated it. So I, actually, <laughs> I played boys baseball for like four or five years, and then whenever like I'd play another team from like another town or something, they'd be like, "Oh, there's a girl on the team," and like I don't know, they'd act like it was so much different or like that they'd hit it to me or like I'd mess up somehow just because I was a girl. Oh wow, so that was brave. You actually played on the boys baseball team. Yeah, and I was a catcher, so it's like sometimes I'd like slip under, they wouldn't know I'm a girl because my helmet would just <laughs> kind of like up it. your hair. Yep. <laughs> That's awesome. So then when you went on to have relationships with like, you know, like we've already touched on other girls or with boys, like what did you learn about yourself? Like, and this is more specifically about you, not just being a girl, like what did you learn about what you like and don't like in relationships and how you are in relationships? Like there's a lot of different types. Like there's some friends that like I'll definitely be a lot more open to and there's others who I'm very close with, but like I won't open up to them about certain things because I know like they, wouldn't understand or like they haven't like felt the same way so I feel like there's definitely different types of relationships and you like kind of learn who's in what kind of relationship when you grow. I have my like few close friends that I tell like everything to and then like I have a group of friends that I tell them stuff but like not everything you know what I mean like so I have those people that like they know everything about my life and then the people that like I tell them what I want to and like basically that yeah. I think I relate more to boys in that sense, like, kind of like what Devin was saying, like, I don't really like to share how I feel, and you could be my closest friend, and I don't tell you most of the things about, like, my emotions, it's just something that I never really share with anybody. I don't know why, I've never felt pressured to keep it down, or like I couldn't. <laughs> But I'm more of like an independent person, so. What's your sign? A Libra. Okay. <laughs> I genuinely relate to boys more often. I'm kind of like that too. Like I don't talk about my feelings like I should. <laughs> like I don't tell people when I'm upset or anything. Like I just keep it to myself, which I shouldn't do, but I do anyway. And what's your sign? I'm Aquarius. Oh. I feel like with that too, like for me, I like find it easy to open up but it, like how we were all saying it really depends on who the person is like if they can really see right through me like I'll just open up and say what I have to say but if it's somebody I'm only like okay-ish friends with I won't say anything I'll just like be a listener more than like a kind of person being the on the other side of it like saying how I feel I just kind of keep to myself and I just tell them what I think or something like that I feel like with parents it's tough too because like your parents want to be close to you and they want to help you out but like obviously the teenagers certain things you just don't want to like open up to your parents about because I know personally my mom once I tell her like one thing she'll want to know every single detail about it and she won't she'll ask every 10 minutes and so I don't Cedar tell her a lot of things poor mothers. even if it's like <laughs> even if it's not something bad like it's just something that I don't want her nagging about every 20 minutes like if I'm upset about something she'll ask about it every 20 minutes she'll talk to me about it for like hours and she won't stop until I tell her every single detail and I feel like that's kind of negative because I know just after a while like I'll want to tell her something but I know if I do like it'll honestly just make me feel worse so I'm very grateful that I, I tell my mom most things and like I'm very open with her and she knows like if I tell her something I don't want to tell her the whole story like she understands that like she understands that like just basically that and how I'm very open with her and yeah I have a really good relationship. Yeah I'm the same with my mom too like I can just easily tell her anything like my dad he's like sometimes I can but he doesn't really like not that he doesn't care but if I tell him anything he's like all right whatever but yeah I'm fortunate to really be close with my mom too and she won't like, like, she can kind of be how what Cynthia was saying, like, she can come back and be like, how are you feeling? Are you okay? And it'll just kind of become overwhelming and annoying. But I know she's just doing it because she cares, but yeah. Yeah, I have a close relationship with both of my parents. I feel like I could share anything with them. I normally don't. Or I'll, they'll ask me what's wrong and I'll just kind of like shrug it off. And then I'll tell them a few months later <laughs> because I'll be like venting about something else and then it'll somehow come up. and. They, they always know when something's up, but they don't want to, like, pry too much on me, usually. Mm 
And I feel like with my mom, my mom grew up a, like a competitive dancer and that's all she did. She didn't really do anything other than dance. She didn't really have, she had like one close friend. So she doesn't really understand that like, sometimes like people make mistakes because she never had the opportunity really to make a mistake or like anything like that. And her parents were like super strict and she didn't really have to like, she didn't have to ask to like, oh, can I go to this person's house? Cause she just never really went. So like, she didn't have anything to tell her mom. And when she did, it was like the highlight of her day. So I feel like she wants that with me but like we live two different lives, so it's not the same. It's not as easy as she thinks it is. So when you think about having a relationship or having like, you know, you know the, the new world that we're going in, what kind of relationships do you see yourself like thriving in? What kind of relationships do you want to have with your children, your families? Like, do we ever think about that? I always think about like how my mom makes me feel sometimes because she adds a lot of like anxiety to my life that I really do not appreciate. So, so she has a certain kind of energy to her that sometimes gets passed into you. Yeah, and so I always think about how, like, with my kids, I'm not gonna let them make stupid decisions, but I'm gonna let them. I'm gonna let them live and like learn as long as they're not getting harmed in the way. If they do something stupid that only affects like them, not physically, like I'm gonna let them learn from it. I'm not gonna stop them. So there'll be less fear in your approach. You're gonna to try to control less. And yeah, and if they do, happen. like if they do mess up or they do something stupid, I'll, I'll want them to tell me, and I'm not gonna like scream at them, take their phone away for days. I'm just gonna hope they learn from it and help them the next time. Okay. I like Cynthia's approach. My dad is kind of like that. He's sometimes a yeller, but more often he is kind of like learn from your mistakes and it's usually like a long talk after like a bad mistake so you like learn from it rather than like get punished for it really badly and then want to do it again to like rebel against or anything you just kind of learn from it and then know it's not like right for you to do again because it makes you feel a certain way. I, I, when I have kids, I think I'm gonna like have the same relationship that like me and my mom have. She, like we're very open with each other, and she like lets me go and do things. But she's like kind of strict, but not too much, like the perfect amount. And I think that's how exactly how my, I'm gonna be. Like I have Life 360, and I know my mom does it. My mom says she does it for safety, but she's one of the people that she she lives on it it's like another facebook for her and she'll <laughs> check every location that i stop at and if it's not on for five minutes she'll text me and be like why isn't it on and she just she's like a helicopter parent so it's like sometimes i hide stuff from her that it's, it's not necessarily bad it's just i know she'd go on about it for hours so it's just gotta hack life 360. <laughs> <laughs> with that yeah like I never want to be with my kids I never want to be a helicopter parent and like I know some parents like it's just who they are and like I guess I just gotta learn to live with it but I want to just have my kids I want them to trust me and I want to trust them because I think it's just it's all about trust and like if you trust them then they're gonna trust you and I like I think it's just all about that and also the bond that you build because like my family every night we sit and we have dinner together and we talk and it, like we never we're not allowed to go in our rooms and eat it's just not a thing like we have to sit at the table and eat together and I really I like cherish those moments because it's just a good time to like connect with your parents and your siblings and such. So anything else that we want to share about relationships like what happened between girls when boys got involved like you had these tight girls that you're cheerleading with and dancing with and now everybody starts to like boys did the game change or what there's some girls that like choose like their boyfriend over their girlfriends which I mean I understand it but I don't I think it always should be like your best friend over like your boyfriend yeah I know like I just started dating somebody in the beginning of quarantine and in the beginning of quarantine like I was not to see him for a little bit and then he was the only person I was allowed to see, so we'd hang out like every day because we were the only people that were allowed to see each other. And then as quarantine went on, like more people started hanging out. I noticed that like I stopped getting invited places like with my friends. And then I'd ask them and be like, "Oh, like, did you guys like hang out tonight? Like, what happened?" And they're like, "Oh, yeah, like we assumed you were with like Luke, so we didn't text you." And I don't know. I feel like that's kind of just not right because it's not like I'm putting a relationship over my friends it's like they're doing it for me I don't know it just doesn't like seem right yeah I think there should be like a healthy balance between like family friends and like if you have like a significant other 
there has to be a balance. You can't just see one all the time. Mm-hmm. And I feel like everything should happen naturally, so like you shouldn't have to force anything. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I agree with that. A lot of girls set out to like, oh, I want a boyfriend, oh, I want a boyfriend, like it's the most like important thing, and like it's such like an achievement, but you need to like be okay with be, like, being independent and like loving yourself before you go into a relationship where someone else can love you. I think you really do need to know yourself before you jump into anything and when it comes to like friends over like a boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever like you really just gotta learn to like you gotta balance it out and you gotta deal with what comes at you like if people start taking it like with Cynthia like what you're saying with like friends they just assume like like you know shit happens but I guess it's like you just gotta make it clear you really have to have a voice and say like hey like what's it called communication you know and I feel like another thing about relationships, it's not, like, this one's not really about, like, when the boys got involved or anything, but it's, I know in the past, I'd, like, talk to my friends about how sometimes, like, my family and I weren't the closest, and, like, I'd want to get out of the house or something, and they'd always tell me, like, oh, it's your family, they, like, they have to love you, and I feel like that's not always true. They, everyone, like, says, oh, like, family first, but I feel like it's, it should be the people who truly care first, not necessarily family, because... Family doesn't mean anything if you don't care for somebody and respect them. Yeah, I guess sometimes people in the families are, you know, having their own experience and maybe they're fearful or they're disconnected or they're wherever they are and they're not really available to love us and to be with us. Because I know personally, I'd like, I'd be in an argument with my mom and she'd say something that's like totally off guard or totally just, not that you would like say in a relationship with someone, like, not that you would say in an argument with somebody who you have, like, such a close relationship with. And I'd say, like, you ask me to respect you, but, like, how do you expect that if you can't respect me? And she'd come back with, like, oh, I don't need to respect you. You're my daughter. And, I don't know, I just, stuff like that bothers me because it's not true. And that's, like, leftover distortion. You know, some of the older women refer to uh, our current evolution or our state like we're coming out of the dark ages of relationships you know there was a lot of fear in relationships there was a lot of dominance kind of movements and stuff in relationships and I mean I grew up with messages like children should be seen and not heard do as I say call when I come like my emotions or my thoughts weren't even entertained mm-hmm. really do you know what I mean so that was just the way it was because that's what was passed down the pipe in any relationship like trust and respect are like a two-way street like you can't just trust and respect one person and then not get it back from them it's not really fair and you can't really fully trust and respect someone if they don't do the same for you yeah, and it's a distraction because if you kind of know that the person can't be trusted how surrendered can you be right because you kind of know that you're in a situation where somebody's not really thinking about more than themselves right and that can happen right what about school and, and like the, the next generations? Like what do you feel we've learned or what are your thoughts about would you send kids to school and do it just like you did it? Do you think there should be anything different? Like what's your sense of that game board? Personally I feel like school is where almost all of my relationships have been like made. Or at least the ones that last. I mean school you it's you're being forced to see the same people every day. And I, I feel like it just, it definitely helps. And especially like with teachers, I know I have such a close relationship with certain teachers. And I feel like it's good to have an adult in your life that's lived through what, like the same thing you have to talk to that isn't necessarily a parent or family or anything like that. Mm-hmm. As much as we say like we hate school and we don't wanna go, I think I'm very grateful that like I go because as Cynthia said, like, it's where all my friendships have came out, and, like, I've grown a lot as a person because of it, and, I don't know, I'm, I'm very happy that we go to school. Yeah. Seeing, like, life without school, like, with corona, it's yeah. definitely yeah. weird. It's, I feel like I've distanced from a lot of people since Same. not going to Me school, too. and it's not like I wanted to, it's just it happened because I didn't see them every day. It was, like, a big eye-opener because you also miss the people that you, like, wouldn't hang out with outside of school that you would only, like, not see for, like, the few summer months and then you'd see him again once you were in school but it's like you really only see your friends after a few months and it was crazy and I think school is really important 
as much as we like say we hate it, you do a lot of your like growing and like learning who you are and like meeting people. I think it's just like really important because if you don't go, you wouldn't be the best at forming a relationship with people outside of like your family. You're also forced to see people that like you may not necessarily like and it teaches like maturity, I feel like. I remember like every like August before summer would start when I was younger and even up until like last year I'd be like wow I don't feel like going back to school and that's obviously after a nice fun summer and I'd be with friends here and there but like my dad always told me he's like hey that's where you see all your friends like it's really not as bad as you think it is I'm like yeah it's true but I told both my parents during this quarantine I'm like if I ever complain about getting up in the morning for school if we are able to go back to school like just tell me to shut up because I, want, <laughs> I would wake up at 6 a.m. every day to go back to school Wow, that's amazing. So then what I'm really hearing is how much it's it's your social arena. It's yeah. important. And it, and yeah. it's where you get where you're learning. It's your classroom in a way. Like even though it's also school classroom, it's your relationship classroom. And it's fun to see like what you're living cuz obviously all the parents are like, "Oh, when I was in high school, like when I was in high school." And they just tell you stories, and it's like now you're living what you're going to tell your kids and mm -hmm. Oh, that's it's a just fun cool way to, to look at it. it. I like that, yeah. Cynthia. You're living what you're going to pass on. You're living your story. Yeah. Oh, that's, and you guys had a big story. You ended up leaving school in your junior year or senior year, whatever it is, for a virus. I mean, that's going to mm -hmm. be... And going back to school maybe with masks, right? It's like learning yeah. about like, the that's Spanish flu. It's weird that's because weird. it's like learning about the Spanish flu and like all that. When you're learning about yeah. it in your school, you're like, that's so unrealistic. Like the whole world can't be like taken over like that. And then Corona <laughs> came, and you're like, that's like we're wrong. living in textbook history, right? Yeah. Now. Like our stuff, like 2020 is going to be a big lesson when kids in like 2040 are learning yeah. about it. And I agree. Like when we learned about like the Black Plague and stuff, I was like, oh, they were like so like just they weren't as advanced as us like our <laughs> science is so advanced now and our medicine is so advanced like they like thought being dirty was gonna help them heal which we read in the textbooks and like now we're living through that kind of because we don't know how to like cure what we're dealing with right now yeah right so then is there anything else you want to talk about relationships in regards to generations or any other questions for the older generations? Anything that you feel is a, you know, something that you want to bring up at this time before we go to the last question? I'm in Vernon Coalition and we talked about doing pen pals with like the Vernon seniors. Like oh, I love seniors. that idea. And I feel like that, we didn't really get a lot of seniors like reply because... I, I mean, they probably didn't see it. It was on, like, Facebook. <laughs> but, I don't know, I feel like that would be cool to learn through somebody else. And it's like having another grandparent that you can talk about your life with and trust and you don't really have a forced connection with them. So it's, and I feel like it would be really cool to just There's see how... There's a lot of lonely older people, right? And yeah. And a lot of young people, yeah. I, I, I can appreciate that. I think that's wise. And I think it might be a little bit of like getting the older person. I was with somebody, a woman I really think is wonderful in her 70s. She had nine children and she and I were chatting and I said, so what do you think? You want to be on the podcast? Oh, no. no. <laughs> like, cool. I said, well, why not? I said, you know, we want to all learn from each other. And she said, you almost had me baited with wanting to learn from me, but I don't, I can't do it. And like, it seemingly has something to do with like even my own mother they have such a hard time processing what we're doing now. Exactly. It's so yeah. different I feel than like the, 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 the structure of the way they did things. For them to have a relationship with somebody younger, for us to understand how they lived and like learn from them, mm -hmm. and for them to understand how life changed since them, and like all the adults always say that like we're we're glued to our phones, but I feel like they're glued to Facebook just as much as we're glued to like Snapchat or something like that. So. Well, I mean, I, I definitely land in that generation where I'm kind of like, I said to you guys on the text, because I wanted to have your faces and names, I was just like, oh, you know, like, <laughs> send me your picture and your number. And Cole was like, that's so creepy, Mom. What are you doing? You know? And I was just like, what do you mean? Like, you're like, taking pictures of yourself, so like, what's the big deal? Like, no, no, that's not like that. So it's confusing. Right? Personally, I got rid of Snapchat for like Lent once. And it was so relieving. I don't know. I really liked it. The only downfall is 
like that's how everybody else communicates so I feel like I was kind of left out of some conversations and like I didn't really know it was necessarily going on all the time because that was the main source of communication and I didn't have it for like a month or two months so it was oh, definitely and that's what the, this is snapchat when you're just putting the phone in front of you and yeah your face. like I like the feeling of not <laughs> so not having to go check my phone <laughs> yeah, every like five minutes it was really relieving it was just difficult for like people to make plans because they'd forget I didn't have it or they wouldn't have my number and they'd have no way to get it. Mm. Uh I would be curious to see what other generations think that we have in store because I've kind of seen like polar opposites like some say we're gonna do really great because we kind of our generation I've seen like we demand change and we like we fight for what we believe but I've also seen people say that we're doomed because we're too lazy and we're glued to our phones. We have no work like ethic. So I would be curious what they would say. Yeah, and I mean, I, I'm not sure I don't know enough young people at your age and stage to make any kind of statements like that. I've wondered what it does for, like when the, when the tunes were little, I remember one time being in the car and I held out hard to not let them have things, you know what I mean? But. There's no way that, that they weren't going to get it eventually, right? They work like a team to make sure <laughs> I get what they want, right? But they had gotten these little handheld things. And it must have been like eight or nine years old that I finally gave in and let them have these little handheld, like, game things, right? And we're in the car, and they were playing, and they were playing. And I was like, okay, let me have them back. And my father said, what are you doing? Let them have it. Let them have it. I said, no, it feels to me like it's overstimulating like they don't know how to cultivate their presence right because like there was something about just sitting in the car and staring out the window that was really soothing as a girl going for a car ride you know what I mean and like if I'm doing this in the car ride I'm still revved up doing this to the next thing like there's no transition there's no presence building I feel like our generation needs more stuff like this like when I was coming I was like wondering I was like oh what's she gonna ask like I wasn't really sure like what we were going to talk about. I know it would be cool, though. But, like, now that I'm here, I don't know, I feel like it's just, it's very It's good to soothing. sit down and have a conversation. And when I, yeah. I go to this camp thing where there's no service for a week, and it's, it's good because I'm with my friends and we don't have our phones, really. And then we actually got, like, pressured into going to, like, 6 a.m. yoga and, like, meditation. And I, I was, like, dreading it the first day. But, like, four days in, I loved it. It was honestly the first time I've done like meditation and it's it, it's very soothing I enjoy it well it's like we talked about the elements what happens is if we're living for you know you guys know that I've been a therapist for 25 30 years and I was a bartender for 15 for that so like I've been hanging out with people trying to put puzzle pieces together the whole time right and what it seems to me that happens is we groom kind of a, an idea or a concept of ourselves, and sometimes when I'm being really like a little sassy, it's your own cartoon character, you know what I mean? Like you dress up your cartoon character and you be him or her all day. But there's a way that when you still and find your center and meditate or come to stillness, it's like you get new bubbles. It's like you get new clarity so that you can still use the puppet that you made, but you can inform it from like a higher presence. I feel like certain people definitely need to open up to change. Like if I if I went to my group of friends you know, and I was like, yo, let's go meditate tomorrow morning, they'd laugh at me. But honestly, I feel like they'd like it if they tried it. I think it's the bias that comes from the words. And I think it's also not understanding that making a good relationship between your mind and your heart and your body, I mean, that's just wise. And to realize that the mind goes like its own fire and it spins off itself, I mean, like, of course you gotta chill out and do some breaths and meditate. Like, what the heck do you expect? Haven't you seen what mental illness does? Haven't you watched the TV and the news? I mean, come on. Like, we gotta be present and mindful, otherwise it's kind of like nobody's home and we're just playing out little vignettes or scenes that we've seen in movies and hurting each other or not hurting each other, not necessarily knowing how to handle things because we're just going through the motions. Yeah, I feel like if you asked anyone like our age to like meditate or do something like that, it would seem like something kind of foreign to them, like not something they would think to do and they might think they would be like judged for it. But I have like a closer connection to that because my mom was a yoga instructor for a while. So I kind of knew more about it. And it really does make you like your whole entire day better. Like I find 
much more peace with myself if I go and run because mm -hmm. if I am in a terrible mood or I don't feel well, when I go out and I run and I do yoga or meditate, I feel a hundred times better and then my day overall is just better. Yeah, like I said to this one kid one day, I was like, well, you know, you get filled up with everything and how do you take out the trash? And meditating, yoga, running, swimming is partly how you take out the trash sometimes. Because otherwise just it's to, just... They staying. have to find like what's right for them and certain like... Dancing. Mm -hmm, like certain things are just not right for certain people and you can try it and not like it. Yeah. But I feel like you should always definitely try something, see if it works for you. And like also with like technology too, like I find myself feeling so much better. Like when I put my phone down, like sometimes in the morning I wake up and I go right on my phone, but then there's other mornings where I wake up, I just like lay in bed for a bit, get up, like eat some breakfast, talk to my family, and stay off my phone for like an hour before, like after waking up. It just feels a lot better too, because it's like with obviously our generation, our lives are kind of surrounded by our phone, but in a way we know how to control ourselves because in my opinion, I genuinely think like, we were all born, like, what, 2002, 2003, like, us four and such. Like, we were the last, I think, generation that had a glimpse of what it was like without mm -hmm. technology up our butts all the time. Like, we got to go outside and play with our neighborhood friends anytime we wanted to, come home when the sun came down, and then go right back out in the morning. Like, I, three really see, nice. I see, like, three-year-olds with iPads. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't get an iPod, like, not even a phone, like, an iPod till I was, I think, in sixth grade which is some say is still kind of early but the only reason I even had one was because I had to take the after school bus home and my mom didn't want me without like communication same my mom gave me a flip phone for my first phone and I didn't care like if I had a phone or not she was like take this text me if you need or call me and because I would just be out and about around my neighborhood the whole time and she'd be like I'll call you if I need you and like vice versa and I'd be like okay and I'd shove it in my pocket and not go on it like I do with my actual like screen phone now yeah. yeah, I feel like we were the last generation. I'm like the oldest out of all my cousins. I have a ton. And I mean, they're very active outside and they're all involved in sports, but they're all like, they their parents have like restrictions on how much time they can spend because they get so sucked in. You can't have a conversation with them if there's like an iPad in the room or like the TV's on. It's like they're in a trance. And it's completely different because I spent like, my whole entire day outside all the time when I was younger but they're so interested in it and like hyper focused on it and I feel like the smallest things matter like I saw I saw something on I think it was Instagram one day and it was like if you think about it the generation that are the teens now are the last generation that don't have like digital baby photos and oh, yeah. I don't know I thought about it and it's just like all the grain and the fuzziness and like the date in the corner it feels like you're still like in the moment when you look at that picture. Like, I don't feel like I'm in a moment when I look at a digital picture on my phone. Yeah, yeah, the twins are the same, right? So I have pictures of that first part of their lives and their brothers are all in pictures and then they're then from like 2010 or so, or 11 on, it's all digital pictures mm -hmm. that I have of them, right? So when I go to do things and find their pictures in those years, I'm like, oh, it's in my phone. Like, what do I, how do I get? And like, pictures are like good for like saving moments memory and everything but I feel like when the pictures were like grainy and like when you didn't have an iPhone to just whip out you didn't focus on like capturing the moment you focused on living it and I feel like now people are always like oh like let's take a picture let's take a picture and you don't like live the moment as if you would if you didn't have that mm -hmm. true yeah and, like with pictures too like I always make it a point to print out ones that are most important to me mm -hmm. oh that's cool yeah, I definitely value the pictures I can actually hold and look at instead of just like scroll through on my phone. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 So that's interesting. I never thought about how your generation is that like shift there. And I mean, I think also there's something about presence. That's the bottom line. I think if you guys can manage the balance and keep some kind of presence, and I mean like my small example is, you know, the, the twins, and they obviously are not interested in my presence at this time in their lives, you know, like, <laughs> it'd be okay if I wasn't around, and that's understandable, I get it, you know, I did it before, I know what's up, but there's definitely a way that when I want to interact and talk with them, we don't have a shared language, like, we don't have a way to, to go at it or talk about it, because we're not sharing the same... I'm not exposed to the same things they're exposed to. Like, I don't even know what they're watching all day in their 
podcasts and like YouTubes and things like that. You if know, I tried to explain like a meme to my mom, she's always like, oh, do you know that person? And I'm like, no. It's so hard to explain it. I had to explain yeah. TikTok yeah. to my mom the other day and she just doesn't understand yeah. it. They just, it's just so hard to explain. You have to kind of like see it for yourself. And then, like, it gets frustrating because there's so many questions, and then and they, it, you don't know how to answer. They that think our humor is like stupid. It. Like, if I show them a picture of like a frog sitting down, it's a meme. They're like, "What's funny?" And I'm over here, I'm like laughing. I'm like, "You don't get it." It's just a frog. Like, it's funny though. It's just, we find <laughs> yeah. things so weird. And like with TikTok too. Like, I show my mom a video, whether it is on TikTok or like Instagram. I'm like, "Oh my god, watch this!" And I think she'll enjoy it, and she does. But she's like, "Who is that?" Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Who it is. It's just laugh at it. <laughs> <laughs> I've had, like, adults be like, so you just send pictures back and forth on Snapchat? I'm like, yeah, yeah it's very <laughs> weird, but yes, we do. Like, when you say it that way, it sounds like exactly. so dumb, but it's, like, <laughs> our main way of, like, communicating, and we do, like, talk, it's not yeah. just, like, a picture. Like, my mom sees but... me, I send, like, okay, to specific people who I trust, and, like, I Snapchat a lot, I send the most ugliest pictures of me, because it's funny, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. And then my mom's like, why would you send that to someone? And I'm like, it's my, my best my, friend, so. <laughs> my dad's always like, oh, more pictures. Like, you can't go without taking a selfie. I'm like, no, it's, it's not like that. Yeah, like, I'm not saving the pictures and, like, posing it. I'm just sending it. I know, you yeah. can't put them out in a text. I mean, that's some kind of weird thing. I'm just like, oh, sorry. <laughs> so now, the last part of the uh, conversation tonight in, is... The truth, you know, we've, we've touched on there's a suggestion that authenticity is, is a nice way to be. So in your own experience, how do you discern or kind of get a sense of the truth for yourself? Like when you're making your decisions, like how do you know something's the truth? I just feel like you live and you learn. Like that's honestly the only way I think about it. Like I'm obviously not going to be like, I'm going to go snort cocaine and see <laughs> if that's right for me. Like I'm not going to do something like that. But like, I don't know, I just feel like you learn from past experiences. And I always believe that, like, your life's planned out for you and you just have to live it and, like, you have stuff that's meant to happen for you, so, like, you shouldn't really dwell on the past. And I just, I don't know, I take it, like, day by day and I don't, I try not to worry too much about anything because I know, like, tomorrow is going to come if I just let it, yeah. I truly believe everything happens for a reason. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, really? And why did you come to believe that? Because, like... You just noticed it? Yeah. Like, my mom sometimes, she'll, like, I like to cry in private, like, Devin, I just cry a lot, it feels yeah, good, it feels so but good. my mom, like, if there's a situation that I'm, like, a little upset about, I don't really cry about it in public, and my mom's like, why are you so emotionless, like, show emotion, and I just try not to, like, stress myself out with it, because, like, Ruby said, like, I truly believe everything happens for a reason, and what happened already happened, like, you're not going to change it, so why, why focus on it, focus on moving on, and, like, with the truth and such, I, like, I'm, I'm a firm believer with, like, everyone, my parents have always said this too, like, there's always three sides to the story, the other person's, and then the other person's, and then the truth, and when it comes to, like, determining the truth for literally anything, I always just try to put myself in the other person's shoes, or just in anyone else's shoes, and see it from a third person point of view, and then I kind of choose, or decide to do what, from, like, what to do from there. For, like, authenticity, I feel like you just get that like become the person you are from the experiences you have so I think you're always changing with authenticity and I don't think you just have one I feel like you have one when you're like yourself and then one for different like social settings like in school you have one because there are certain things that are like socially acceptable in school and like to adults mm -hmm. and some that aren't mm -hmm. and then you're different like near your friends mm -hmm. and your parents so I don't think it's, I don't think you're not being authentic or being fake if you're different with different groups of people. I think you just like change based, like you're based on your environment. Yeah, I think we're all a little bit shapeshifters. Mm -hmm. We all kind of accommodate this space, right? My mom always yells at me for that too. She's like, you act different around your friends than you do around me. Like, why is that? And like, you don't really have an answer for that. It's just your mom is your mom and your friends are your friends and you act different around them. Mm -hmm. And my mom expects me to be like her best friend, which like, you can't always be like that. Like you can have a great relationship with your mom, but like there's always gonna be a separation between a parent and a friend because a parent still needs to steer you in the right direction. Mm -hmm. And a friend probably isn't gonna steer you in the best direction all the time because they're gonna do stupid things with you. Yeah. 
And like the best advice I always get is from my mom because I can sit and talk to her and like she'll always, she will never sugarcoat things. Like some friends do, but of course I have my friends that will not, but my mom is just, she is very like, she won't, she'll, she won't cover anything up. If it's going to go this way, she'll be like, yeah, you got to like do this instead. Like she'll be serious and I appreciate that because it might hurt in the moment, but I, in the end I'm like, wow, yeah, I'm glad she told me like dead on and didn't lie or anything like that. I feel like the truth is very hard to get from any situation just because you're always going to have your emotions and your emotions are definitely going to mess with the truth and what you think because I could like I don't know let's say like Molly and I have been close for years and like she could do something that like completely is just totally wrong and, and I'd still be like oh well like we've been friends for so many years like and sometimes I don't know it's, like do you know what I'm saying yeah we call that the loyalty thing. Like, I was joking with one of my girls. It's like, you know, you get the people at the table that are the loyals. And, like, in the programs where I work with addiction, a lot of times it would be like, well, that's my bro, man. Like, I, I can't say something about him doing that thing he's not supposed to do because that's my bro. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, mm, I don't know. So it's like that loyalty thing where out of loyalty, you're willing to not see things. But really, a good friend, like a true friend, is someone who's going to say, I still see this, you see this, and I trust you'll do what you need to do with it, but I'm not going to make believe it's not there. Because mm -hmm. if I make believe it's not there, then I'm kind of like saying I don't really care what you do because I'm just ignore it. And it sucks because sometimes you want to be honest with friends and they don't want to hear it so they get mad at you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, you're just trying to help them out. Well, I mean, I, that's the whole thing. I don't know that we can help each other. I mean, that's where I think I got the most sick in my life as a person is believing that helping others was going to make me feel good, mm -hmm. right? So I did a lot of that trying to, like, you know, back in the day, I remember certain friends being like, oh, did you get a new project, Madeline? You know, because, like, getting involved and even doing this, like, I'm having fun making a podcast and I have a lot of great conversations with people and I really believe that putting the generations together in a conversation is helpful but in some sideways way I'm still trying to help everybody but I'm also doing what I love you know so but all to say that I feel like sometimes when we are willing to help and not be true we can get ourselves a little sticky I feel mind. like that's another thing I always feel like I put like my friends before myself that if my friends need something I do it in like the drop of a hat but if it was reversed I feel like it wouldn't be like the same mm. or sometimes I worry like too much about my friends and not enough about myself mm. and I feel like it's hard to create like a path of how much you need to like focus on yourself and how much you need to focus on the people you care about. Mm. I'm the same way like my friends come to me for advice and I'm just that person they come to and yeah, I'm always trying to help people and like solve their problems instead of my own. <laughs> yeah, I, I do that too. Like I'm kind of the friend that a lot of people come to if they need advice, but I don't really ask for advice because I like figuring out things for myself rather than having someone else's opinion, which is sometimes needed. So then we touched on the truth. Anyone else want to speak on how you know the truth or how you discern the truth for yourself? Right, so then I, I'm going to add this because there's a, for some of the others in the show, we did two sets before the individuals. And the next question that we asked, and I think since we, we have a little bit of time, music. How has music been part of your life? My music is so diverse. Like, I'll go from country Same. to, like, head screaming. Like, <laughs> just, I don't know. I feel like the music definitely helps depending on the mood. And if you, like, are open to a bunch of different music, so it definitely helps you, like genres. So I know some people are like, oh my god, I hate country, but country like tells a story, and I feel like it helps you open up your emotions. And I feel like people who like country are genuinely better people, not just because I like country, but just because like I don't know, I feel like it opens you up as like a person. That's true, and like honestly, with music, like it really, it's so important. I feel like it should be important to everyone, because to me. Music, I have certain songs or bands or artists that I can relate to to a specific point in my life, whether it was from being a child or to a certain like point, like teenager or whatever that's called, I don't know. <laughs> being like a teen and stuff, like it's it's really crazy to think, because then when I go back and listen to one song, I'm like, oh, I remember that when I first heard that here with that one person. And it was just, it's, it's a really like important thing in my life. And 
I'm sure it is for everyone else too, because it's just music is awesome. The worst is when you attach a song to like a bad memory I was though, just thinking and that. it'll be like. I know this one song for me, it was my favorite song ever, and I loved it, and I like attached it to a, like, a bad person, and now it's like removed from every playlist, because I just, it's not, it's not even that like, I get upset when I like, think of it, it's just when that song comes on, like, that person just irritates me, and I like, don't want to think about them, they just annoy me, so, just get them out of there. I feel the same way, I feel like I don't know what I would do without it, and I feel like most people are that way, but sometimes it does bring you back to some bad memories mm -hmm. but it can also bring you back to good ones yeah so it's like it keeps the emotion alive yeah yeah, yeah right it's like a frozen in time set of emotions and when you're looking for some emotions to match your emotions there's the radio playing and you're like <laughs> oh yeah I want yeah. also like when you play sports obviously we all know that like on the bus to games on yeah, the way back from yeah. games like you need music to hype you up or like on the way home if you just won like a really good game it's just, I don't know, it, without the music, it wouldn't be the same. Like, I have so many memories just attached to, like, Victoria's songs from the volleyball bus. Like. Victoria's songs. Oh, yeah. Nice. Very good. Well, thanks, ladies. Anything else you want to bring up about anything we talked about? Right, well, I'm dreaming that... What I'd like to do once the uh, things go out is to invite it and do boys and girls together. Mm -hmm. Go to the next level mm -hmm. of conversation. But I'm open, whether it's recorded or not, to you know meet with any of you to chat about stuff or what we're thinking about. Because for me, I don't know how it's going to go into the community of Vernon. I know Earthman's got this great bar, and I know there's ways to use music. I know there's ways to have conversations. So if there's anything that comes up and any of your thoughts or ideas of things that you think could help cultivate just safer, good communication, anything like that, let me know. But otherwise, you know, continue to have great times with these wonderful boys and with yourself. And just remember, like, in a weird way, like, no matter what, make enough time so that you can touch in with the part that's divine. I like tonight. It, like, it's yeah. good to know that like people actually want to hear like yeah. about this kind of stuff. It was very eye-opening. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hi, this is Madeline again. If you're interested in learning more about co-creation and building a new foundation, check out the website gwtsfamily.com and get involved. Join us in growing this frequency of more peace and harmony and possibility. I call for the wisdom of my teachers and my elders and the wisest part of me. What is it that's going to set us free? How can we find harmony in this family? Please teach me. Show me the way. I know. The way will open. Where is it? Where's the fire? Rhythm in the middle. Stay centered. Stay true. Do what you're here to do. That's what'll soothe your soul. Rhythm in the middle. 